0: We believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control, so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome back, Brittany Anderson, right here with you with a special guest that I am chomping at the bit to introduce. So we're gonna get right to it. Uh, Today I have with me Joe Lander. Joe is a former practicing attorney and law firm partner, also a former HR manager who led three major divisions in a global Fortune 500 company and was a certified financial planner and financial coach with over 18 years' experience in the financial services industry, during which he helped business owners, professionals, and executives manage over $50 million in assets while planning for their future. Joe's now the owner and CEO of The Life You Love Coaching, which empowers successful, heart-centered business leaders who crave more than professional and financial achievements, to create a unique personal legacy that makes a meaningful difference in the world now and for generations to come. Joe, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Brittany. It's really great to be here with you.
0: Well, we heard high level from your bio, uh, kind of a taste of where you've been. I want to cut to the chase and then back into what makes Joe, Joe. So, (laughs) The reason that I wanted to bring you on, you and I have been in conversations about how synergistic our messages are, and you have created an entire platform that really helps people to live out their legacy in in an interesting and unique way. So Joe, can you share maybe a little bit about your program and why people should be tuning in right now?
1: Absolutely. Be happy to, Brittany. So, you know, it's Coincidentally, I actually came across. I was I was doing some morning reading, you know, after morning meditation, doing doing the morning routine thing, and came across this quote, and I was like, "Whoa, you mean I'm not the only one who thinks like this?" And the quote was from this book called "An Interrupted Life," and what uh, the author, uh, what she says, and and this is someone who lived actually during world war ii obviously some pretty crazy times what she said was this i don't want to be anything special i only want to try to be true to that in me which seeks to fulfill its promise Mm. and i read that and i'm like whoa that's it that's how I that's what's gone on my entire life, no matter what role. and as you pointed out in my introduction, I've obviously been through a number of different career changes and, and different roles. And always the question is, is this fulfilling on, as she put it, my promise, my purpose, my why? It is, there's a lot of different language for this but it's really about for those who feel like maybe they're meant for more and ask themselves, am I doing all I'm here to do? And I always ask that question, whether I was sitting there in the law firm or in the fight or in my financial planning office or in the corporate, I was always, can I see this being the rest of my life? And even if I could, if, if I say, well, wouldn't be so bad being a lawyer the rest of my life or hey, I really like the lifestyle and and what I do as a financial advisor. Is this really it or am I meant for more? So I developed ultimately um, this whole approach towards helping people really figure out what's the legacy, but not a legacy as in a bequest of something that's left after they leave, but something that they can live into now, a living legacy that that brings fulfillment and joy and uh, meaning to their lives now, but that is so true to who they really are that, and, and it does end up making such a difference that it lives on, it, it becomes like timeless. So this has always been a theme in my life and has brought me to the point where now I'm actually living that legacy of helping others create and live their unique, personal, impactful legacy that will turn them on and have them juiced up to to do not only what they may be doing professionally, but realizing they're doing so much more.
0: Mm. You know, I, I love the idea of living your legacy now. And, you know, this is something that we've talked about uh, you know, amongst our clients, amongst our different communities, uh, you know, in entrepreneurial groups, like this is a conversation that's happening more and more. And I think the fact that you've actually built a full framework around this is, is what makes it so magical. It's not just an idea anymore. It's an actual process that people can go through. And yes. I, I want to highlight this, Joe, because I think we can mm-hmm. almost back into a few different segments here. Mm-hmm. I'm, about some of our our clients that might be tuning in or, you know, even just general population that's thinking about, wow, this whole notion of being called to more, you know, maybe they've just come off of a a really long career, a successful, busy, bustling career, or they've just sold their business and they're kind of looking forward going, wow, I'm really excited about not having to go to what I used to go to every day, Mm -hmm. but what's next? So when you think about your framework in particular, uh, how would it apply to, to those people? And then I'm gonna back into a, a part two of this question. So let's let's go with the the person who's just retired, the person who's just come off of their business and yeah. what your process looks like for them.
1: Yes. Yeah, uh the folks who I call are transitioning or have transitioned into the next act, the, you know, what's next in their lives. What I have found is that so often they are so used to being identified and attached to what their role has been and what their business and and career and professional identity has been that it's weird to even think of like, okay, what's next? And, you know, just going to a workshop or like, Hey, what are you passionate about? Or reading a book or just, and just trying to journal on their own. I have found personally to be ineffective. Um, It doesn't end up making the long-term difference of really like the epiphany and an aha that, that has someone say, okay, I'm ready for the next to really live into this. What I've, what I've identified. Um, so what I did was I created a way for me to be there on the journey with that that former biz, business owner or executive or long, you know long term uh, professional and to really pull it out of them and make sure they're fully equipped with not only the insight um and the epiphanies but the tools both internally as well as the resources to tap into around them to actually fulfill on it so it's not just a feel good conversation and a and a pipe dream and and some sort of a wish list mm-hmm. and i call the framework that i that i buy resolve and as in and it kind of has, it has a number of meanings of of why i really like it first of all it is an acronym for each of the steps steps that I take folks through. But it's also, I love that it's about resolve. Like you're resolved to actually live what you feel called to or or live into what you've sensed is is what's next and what's more beyond just, you know, the initial time of where you just want to do nothing, hang out on the beach or play golf or do your thing. You know, I I get all that, but like, all right, what's next? And and resolve to make that happen.
0: Mm. You know, Joe, you said something interesting a a moment ago, and you were talking about how you know if people are you know working out of a journal or. Kind of trying to go about it on their own, that the success rate is not super high when they look at creating this next level fulfillment, how important it is to have, you know, I, and I think about somebody like taking another person by the hand and saying, come with me. Like, I know the way I can show you the way and, and I can help you actually get to where you want to go, how powerful that is. So I would be curious in your experience, where have you seen people really get stuck? Uh, maybe kind of get in their own way. And how do you help them to, you know, overcome those barriers or those challenges?
1: Yeah, great question. So first of all, I I, I love that you picked up on that. And in, in fact, what you were pointing to in terms of being there with them on this journey and equipping them, I, I actually have to credit one of my clients who and I you Know, kind of interviewed him, like, what is it about our relationship that you value? And what he pointed out was, and this is a, a former director, a high level executive, what he pointed out was, he said, You know, there are different mentors or coaches that you may come across on your journey. And it's like the difference is they, it could be a, a transaction, you know, there's a certain thing that happens. You have a certain engagement and that's it. And they've given you their stuff and now you're left with it and do your thing. He says, and that's a transaction and that's okay. He said, but what I like about what we have is that you're on the journey with me. You stayed with me and you've given me tools to help me self-manage so that I can be successful on this journey ongoingly. Uh, not something where it was just a one and done type of a thing. So that's really important, an important element of it. Um, what you're pointing to in terms of okay, so like how do I get out of my own way <laughs> now that I now that I'm ready to roll with this is actually the what I would call kind of the third segment of the overarching themes of of the Resolve framework and it's what I call the importance of conquering the ills. Ooh, what are the ills? Well, ills stands for the, in, the inevitable imagined limitations. They come crawling out of the woodwork typically right when you have that great vision of what you want to do next, and what do you want to make happen, and how do you want to live, and all these you know great ideas that you're you're in the moment like fired up about. And then the ills come crawling out. But wait a second, maybe it might not work out. And I'm so used to being so successful in what I do that even the thought. Of not nailing this and really having it be as successful as I'm as I'm my heart is fluttering as I'm thinking about the possibility of it. But if it doesn't work, I don't know that I could live with that. Boom. What, what's going on there? It's already that imagined limitation. It's already that that primitive brain, right? That reptilian brain that wanted to keep us safe from the saber-toothed tigers we always talk about that's doing the same thing in in modern day it's coming up as fear fear of what happens if i fail fear of like the unknown of all this after you've been used to something that has been so concrete and like becomes second nature to you and now you're going to venture out onto a new path um or or even a, a fear of being judged by others who you think, well, gee, I don't know that I would get this. Like Some others might think I'm crazy for this idea, even though I'm really excited about it. So it's how do you overcome those imagined limitations? Some, often others refer to them as those limiting beliefs that naturally tend up because they're there to try to keep us safe, but in reality end up more often than not keeping us stagnant.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's, there's so much power to what you just talked about there. And, you know, I I said going into this, that I had kind of a two-part question right there. And my next was going to be, you know, a little bit more geared towards the business owner, the one who's still very active in the business. And you kind of indirectly answered it already. So I I, want to, I want to push on kind of another element here. You know, I think about the, the the business owner or even the entrepreneurial journey and how we often cannot help but find new shiny objects, things that catch our attention, things that we get excited about. And then you kind of get to this point where you're kind of dipping your toe in the water and maybe a new venture or a new business or a new collaboration, new relationship, whatever that looks like. And Brian and I have talked a lot on our, our Dream Arch- Architect Life podcast here about how, you know, you can be so excited about something and all it takes is a couple of naysayers to completely throw you off track. So this really applies to anybody that's listening, whether you are actively running a business, whether you are a new retiree, whether you are, you know, working consistently still, you know, it really doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. You brought up something. I, I wasn't planning on it going this direction, but I'm glad it did. Uh, you brought up the naysayers and how it, it can really stifle your growth or your ambition towards something that you feel called to do, towards that maybe next level growth. So, can you talk a little bit more about that, Joe, and maybe how that might be remedied in in your uh, in your experience or from your experience? Because that can be a really tough topic.
1: Yes, no, no doubt. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, what I was talking about before. About anyone could go to, say, a workshop or a weekend event, or you know, one of the gurus out there that runs this really amazing type of a weekend getaway retreat, and and you jumping around and you getting all fired up about things, and how do you then? bring that inspiration and have that continue on out into your life and into the world. And that's a, that's a biggie. And I think, not, I think what I've actually observed is that aside from what we talked about is about having strategies to overcome your, those limitations before you can get to the part where you're even overcoming the stuff that starts inevitably Coming up for us, we're human after all. Um, is what's the base? How solid is the base that you have? Is it really something that just hits you in a in a in a momentary inspiration? Or is it something that is really based on what your life has prepared you for, whether you're realizing that in this moment or not? So what you're pointing to, Brittany, is actually getting back to the first two of the you kind know, of the simple steps of the Resolve Framework. Is how do you sit down first and really get what I call your legacy vision? Like, hat what what's, what needs to happen? In, is it is it just a matter of sitting down and journaling? To some extent. But it's a guided kind of a visioning exercise, which I equate to two things. You've got to be an anthropologist and you've got to be an imagineer, you know, like the Disney Imagineers. And And it starts with being an anthropologist. What do I mean by that? What does an anthropologist look at? Well, an anthropologist is someone in this context is you're going to look back in your life. And look for those key points and those key aspects that start pointing towards and you start being able to connect dots and see certain patterns and see certain things that are actually informing what is the practical like vision that you have of how you want to be living life at this, at this new stage. And as you're doing that and seeing the the and gaining clarity on that, then you've got to also bring in the imagination. just like an imagineer uses imagination in a very particular way. It's actually uh, visioning it in vivid color and really being able to imagine what does this all look like, and how will this actually fulfill me? And that's the start. And that's that's a, an important part of the process. That's not just like, a okay, in a moment uh, of inspiration, but really uh, having that prompted and brought out of you that then leads you to the secret weapon.
0: You know, I, I think it's so interesting, Joe. And I, I kept thinking as you're talking there about how uh, the, the word imagination and being intentional and, you know, I think about, you know, intentionality is really important to me personally. And mm-hmm. I, I think about so many instances in my life, where I had this vision, and it's interesting, I was just in a conversation with a friend of mine the other day talking about this how I've literally been able to envision something in the future that I really want in my life, be it, you know, my family, be it our home and how, how it is today, you know, whatever it is, I'm able to have this vision. The journey to get there may be an absolute mess compared to what I thought it was going to be, but the end vision has held true. And so I I often wonder, Joe, people that struggle with that imagination, because not everybody are inherently born with that. I, I, I know that I have great dear friends that are like, I just can't do the imagination thing. I can't do this whole visioning thing. It's like not even how my brain is wired. So for somebody that maybe struggles with the imagination component, with the visioning component. What are some practical or tactical tools that they could use to help maybe open that gate a little bit to help them lean into the future for those that are not wired so much, maybe like me, where I'm constantly in the future, where my husband's like pulling me back saying, come back for a minute. We got to be here. So for those that maybe struggle a little bit with that futuristic
1: vision. I, I We're kindred spirits in that regard. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all, Brittany. Um, I have a spouse who has to reel me in <laughs> frequently as it's well.
0: Balance. It's, we need it. Otherwise we're living on planet. Who knows what?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's, it's interesting. Cause as, as you were posing that question, like, is it, is it a tool? Is it like, you know, um, dream board or vision, you know, visioning tools. And while, while I certainly believe in incorporating tools that make it come more alive, or maybe for this particular individual who's who can create artistically or draw or something, that may be an excellent option. For someone else, it might be something different. Is it cutting out pictures? I think that too often that could just be an empty exercise because the first part, was not done properly. And what's the first part being that anthropologist first? you know and and the analogy I use is and it's based on like this quick little uh, story or, or or like learning kind of a fable of how these two fish are swimming upstream. And all of a sudden this other fish is comes downstream and and is passing them and says, Uh, the water's beautiful today, isn't it? And keeps swimming on. And then one of the fish turns to the other after they've been swimming for a bit and said, what's water? Like fish are so used to being in that environment. They don't even have a concept of, it's just become such a natural part of their reality. They don't even have the distinction of water. And I think What happens is, is for for us as human beings, we get so entrenched in our everyday life that we don't even take the time to actually notice, "Wait, wait a second, what is my reality? Like with no judgment, no story about it, no meaning, you know, just like, what's so? And then looking at what actually got me to this point, What are some of the, you know, key moments, you know, milestones and and parts of my history. And when you do that, when you really, and have someone who's on that, again, on that journey with you, not just leaving you to try to figure this out, but helping you and prompting you and and acknowledging that, that's the first step towards starting to point to, wait a second. Yeah, I, I actually remember, I always thought about that, or there was this element. And it's those types of ahas coming from the anthropological excavation, if you will, that starts to form and inform now the vision of, yeah, I, that's actually what I've always had in me, or that, ex- that idea excites me. And now I can run with re- imagining that more, really f- flushing that out. Rather than starting with this blank canvas and being told, okay, go imagine this amazing life, you know, really tough to do.
0: It, yeah, it it can be. And I think, in even, even honestly speaking, you know, I, I make the joke that, you know, I'm constantly in the future. I, I really, that is how I live. And I have to be intentional about being present. This is a real thing. But I also think that your whole thought process there and that whole methodology of, you know, really reflecting back and, you know, kind of looking at the different stages of life and where you've come from and how you've gotten to the next level. And I think sometimes what can happen is people get to this point where they kind of have it all per se. And if you're listening to this, I'm using air quotes right now, Uh, yeah. but, but you know, that, that have it all, and it can be hard or difficult Once you feel like you've gotten to this point in your life that you kind of always imagined indirectly or always aimed for or had big goals for, however your brain is wired, whatever words resonate most with you, you've gotten to that point and it can be hard or difficult to really think about that next level growth because oftentimes it's, it's, in my opinion, um, it's not necessarily the struggle of the vision. It's who you have to become to get there that I think can scare people off from really pursuing what's possible for their future. So Joe, do you have any just comments on that in general?
1: Yeah, um, it really is about what you're pointing to brilliantly, Brittany, is the idea of before you can have, and even before you can do, it's what? It's who were who you being? And the being part, for some, it can be scary. And, and I, I used to have this little quote. Uh, yes, yeah, I still do have it. It was actually from a fortune, by, a fortune uh, cookie, rather, that says, personal growth lies within the unknown. Courage permits you to explore this space. So you're really getting to that of of saying, "Are you willing to first take a moment and figure out what it is that you actually who are you? What is it that you really believe?" Um, because ultimately, it ultimately, it's your beliefs and that that will determine, and you and I are very familiar with with distinctions around, these drivers of human behavior and of uh, achieving the results we want in our life coming from where people think it's all, always about the action. Let me figure out the strategy to get there. And what you're pointing to is, no, let's stop. Let's determine really what you really believe because that will result in you um, thinking in a new way, and then having uh, all sorts of feelings associated with that new uh, way of believing and of seeing yourself and who you're being that then actually drives the kinds of actions that lead to the results you're really looking for. So excellent point in terms of st- that it, it there is some inner work. There is some, I don't want to call it inner work. There is taking that time to first really um, observe, do some excavating of your own core beliefs. And really that is what I call the secret weapon, what I call the legacy or purpose activator. Because when you really take the time, and again, with prompting and with patience, Um, of really letting it emerge not trying to force it just to get the exercise done but really take the time to delve into what are some of the things that I really believe and start formulating what is a core belief of yours that then it starts coming the the clarity gets there then the confidence gets there because now it's coming from a place deep within yourself not some hallmark part that said, that's a nifty little saying. No, this is deep within you. And now that's driving everything and you and you're building on that. And by the way, that harks back to what you were saying before, what do you do about the naysayers? Well, I dare any naysayer being able to pull you off your path when you've done that inner work and you've realized what it is that you really believe and what you're committed to. That to somehow deter you or push you off off the track, you you have a level of clarity and confidence that is uh, just it's inspiring to you and to those around you.
0: Hey, Brittany here, in case you hadn't heard, our latest book, Dream Architecture, is available for the taking. Think about it like this. What is your biggest, wildest dream of what retirement could look like? not the dream that your friends have or your parents maybe had or your coworkers, your best dream, the unreasonable one, the one that you might have trouble admitting even to yourself. So that is what the Dream Architecture Book is about. Hop on over to dreamarchitecturebook.com so you can start dreaming big today. You know, I think those are such beautiful, brilliant points. And, you know, I think about the term core belief. And, you know, for those of you listening in, if you struggle with, you know, we like to call it the woo-woo, the warm fuzzy, the, you know, the thought of legacy in that way, the thought of purpose-led living in that way, intentional living in that way. If you struggle with that, if you really just boil it down to this notion of what you just said, Joe, of, of the core belief, You know, when I think, for example, with my own legacy, if I am modeling and showing my kids and future grandkids and family and friends that, you know, fear should never stop you, that you can become the next level of yourself, that you're never done growing. one of the the phrases I cannot stand more than anything else is you can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's like, well, you can, if the dog is willing. (laughs) So, you know, I I think about that and I'm never going to be that old dog who's unwilling. I might be that old dog at some point, but I'm always going to be willing. I'm going to give her the old college try. So for me, that's really a core foundational belief is that we are always capable of even more and of bringing uh, a better version of ourselves or even better version of ourselves to the table all the time. Uh, So I'm so glad that you pushed on that kind of core belief notion because I think that gets skipped over. And I think it's so often the foundation of any growth, of any truly impactful decision that we make in life. So I'm really glad that you pulled that out there, Joe. That was
1: really good. And, so, and if you would want, I can tie that back to, I know you wanted to maybe check in a little bit about the journey or the path that even brought me to this point. Yeah. Um, and so that's actually a really good segue um, to, to what got me to this point and, and so key to the whole core belief. And it actually harks back to, when I, was, uh, when I was in my last several years as a financial advisor and at that point really use the title of financial coach. And then you say, well, what's the difference between a financial advisor or financial consultant and, and financial planner and a financial coach? Well, the way we defined it was that a financial coach starts with the question, what is your true purpose for money? that which is more important than money itself. And we would take people and I used to love it. And I did workshops around taking people through that question. What is, how do you determine what's, what's really your true purpose, not only for your money. Then I started realizing it could be the true purpose for your life. And um, I hit a point where I realized, you know what? I don't want to then shift the conversation over to the academics of investing and how not to, you know, get, uh, you know, uh, side swiped by maybe well-meaning but misinformed guidance, uh, you know, in your financial life. Like, I didn't want to spend the time anymore reviewing portfolios as to whether they whether they should be mirroring the S&P 500 or not. I, I realized all I want to talk to people about is what is the true purpose for their money and their life. And that's what put me on the journey uh, several years back of becoming what I now call myself as a, a legacy coach. And it was to answer that question. And I had to first go on that journey myself. What is that core belief? And the 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 process that I went through is you know was deep and I was willing to go there. And I looked at it and I actually called me crazy. I actually had fun in that, in that process. And if you're, if you're okay, I'll share with you what I came up with as my core belief and therefore what I was committed to. And what I realized was that I believe that living a life you love in which you're fulfilled by a purpose that makes a meaningful difference in the lives of others now and for generations to come is accessible to us all. Mm -hmm. And that belief then drives my commitment to participate in experiences and events such as this. This conversation is is an awesome experience in which we collectively grow and evolve while celebrating what's beautiful in our humanity.
0: Mm. I think that is absolutely amazing. And I'm so glad that you shared that story, Joe. It's so incredibly impactful. Now, I'm guessing that there may be a few listeners here. that are like, I, I got to check out this guy a little bit further. So Joe, if somebody wants to get a hold of you or wants to learn more about how you serve or what you do, uh, how do they go about doing that?
1: Best way, the place that has the most resources and most information and even and an opportunity to connect if uh, what I'm talking about resonates with you, We'd love to have a conversation is simply go to my website, which is Mm livingthelifeyoulovecoaching.com.
0: And we will make sure that that is in the show notes here. So, uh, Joe, when we get close to wrapping up episodes, I always like to peel back the layers a little bit on the human being. And you have already so graciously and candidly shared some of your own journey. But I would be curious to know, uh, when was a time that you faced true, real fear, and you overcame it and didn't let it stop you from going after what you wanted most at the time?
1: Mealy, two things come to mind. <laughs> one is actually a physical uh, experience, and one more about point in my life. But the physical experience has so much juiciness for for and lesson of that. Maybe I'll just quickly start with that.
0: Yeah,
1: And it was about, I was rock climbing and, uh, I had never done anything like that before. And while I considered myself athletic heights and anything of that sort and climb like that was not my bailiwick. And I was with a group of, of other men and we were challenging ourselves, you know, come on, we can do this and I remember when it was my turn and I started climbing up. Okay, so far, so good. And then I hit this point where I'm like holding on to this crevice in the rock. And I'm realizing as I'm looking for another foothold or handhold, there ain't nothing nearby. Like I, I'm looking everywhere. There's nothing. So I'm holding on now, like clutching to this surface of this side of this mountain and i finally noticed that just beyond my reach is something that i could grab onto and what i realized was it meant that i had to for a moment let go of where i was at and that scared the you know what out of me especially out of fear of heights And I realized I can't just stay here. I can't go back down. I really have no choice. I've got to make the leap. And I just mustered up and said, go for it. And I just, boom, went for it, grabbed on, held on. And then was able to make the rest of the climb. That experience has stayed with me ever since. That was like, I don't know, close to 20 years ago. Um, When I think about just staying where I'm at and, and and the whole idea of what you brought up earlier in our conversation of being scared to move to something new or different. And that's where I was at, actually, when I hit, hit the point where I had, yeah, I reached a point where I realized uh, at a, in a previous position in financial services, I found myself that all I was doing was chasing money. It felt like while I knew that my conversations with clients could make a real difference for them and planning for their, theirs and their family's future. And, it, and, and for me, it was never about having the money lead the that kind of exploration and conversation. It was always about loving to hear their dreams and what they really want and, and aspire to. It still felt that what I had to do in order to cultivate the business, in order to, to live the lifestyle and create the financial security for my family, was taking a lot more and was taking, it was taking activity that started feeling as though I was really chasing the dollar. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I didn't like who I was becoming. I didn't like who, who I was, what I was obsessing over. And what was occupying so much of my of my mind. And um, I reached a point where I said, you know what? I spoke to someone. I started getting into mindfulness meditation. And I started thinking, you know what? Maybe that's what I got to do is bring this idea of being more conscious and mindful of your life to corporate America and to professional service firms. And I'll be like that really cool dude who gets to lead these mindfulness meditations and exercises and i and then i when i looked at what it would take and to to sell my business at that point it didn't feel like it would sustain me in the long run or it would for a while but then what what happens if this didn't work and i was i was petrified i had uh, two children that I was, you know, having to put through college and mortgage, you know, all the stuff that, that we sometimes call those golden handcuffs. And I just trusted I kept, I started doing some networking is I started thinking, is there a way I can get more money, you know, so that it would, but I had to get realistic. And I stayed focused on that. It, I knew I had to live a life that was more than I couldn't settle for just making money. I had to feel like it mattered. And I was fortunate enough to then find the, the, that next and last portion of my financial service career where I was able to latch on to a new approach that had to do more about educating people and taking them through exercise on discovering their true purpose money in their life. And that brought the fulfillment. And that allowed me to continue on and earn what I needed to and save what I needed to. So that when I was really ready to then take that all to a whole new level of a coaching career, I was ready to and able to. But that was those were some scary months when I realized I couldn't stay where I was, just like I was on that rock face. I couldn't stay where I was, but it felt like such a leap to get to where I want to and I I just was so stubborn so convinced that it was at least possible that I stayed with it and ultimately was able to make that work and I'm so grateful for that time of my life now
0: well I am grateful for that time in your life as well because it got us to this conversation and you can tell you're truly doing your heart centered work and that's part of the reason why we wanted you on the show in the first place, Joe, is just because you truly do lead with that that genuine sincerity and you want to help people. And I think that's why we're so aligned, because I know I can speak for Brian, even though he's not in this conversation right now. He's also a, a heart centered uh, individual. And that's why we create what we create and why we do what we do. Uh, the money kind of comes secondary and The support and the the guidance that we're able to provide is really what comes first. So I can so appreciate that, Joe. So my last question to round us out here is I can't help but point out if anybody's tuning in on video, uh, you have this plaque behind you that says dream, which is so stinking aligned with who we are, with how we serve and the message that we put out into the world. So I would like to know what dreaming big means to you.
1: For me and personally in my life, not for my clients, but for me personally, my dream is really is to live a life. And I start with, I go back to a cornerstone book for me by this former hospice nurse, Bronnie Ware. I have no doubt that you've come across her book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. So in that, as you think about, well, gee, what would I ever look back on my life? Let's say I'm in my 80s or 90s or 100, and I'm looking back, and would I have any regrets? And we could all imagine, are there relationships we let go that we we now miss, or something else? Did I work too hard and forget about family? You would think those would all be on the list, and in one shape or form they are. But I couldn't believe what number one was. And the number one of the top regrets of the dying is I wish I had lived a life true to myself instead of the one that others expected of me. So that whole concept, that whole idea that came right from the mouths of those who were in hospice drives me to a dream of living a life in which I will never have a regret. I'll know that no matter what I tried my best to do with whatever is within me to fulfill on that promise that I mentioned in the the first quote I shared with you all this morning and to uh, really impact others' lives to live their legacy. And through that, my dream is that Since I can't do all the amazing things that Brittany and Brian and your clients all could like that musters up, that that fires them up. If I in any way, shape or form contribute towards them moving forward with it and being successful in their legacy vision, then in essence, my legacy becomes part of these multiple legacies of making the world just a just an incredible place filled with so much beauty and love, and that's my biggest dream. While of course enjoying all the, the physical beauty of the world and traveling and having cool experiences and ev- that I talked about of of evolving and growing and experiences that. You know, we've gotten to share, and I look forward to many more sharing those kinds of evolutionary and growth dreaming kinds of experience with you and Brian, Brittany, and and uh with many, many others who are as heart-centered and visionary and who will not settle for anything less than a life they love.
0: Mm-hmm. Joe, you have packed this last a uh, uh, little bit or long bit. I don't even know how long we've gone gone up to this point <laughs> because I've been lost in conversation, but you packed it with so much value and grace. And for that, I am so grateful. Thank you, Joe, for coming on the show today.
1: We really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. And I respect everything that you and Brian are up to. And I uh, I, I know that your clients are in great hands and I look forward to continuing our journey together
0: awesome. Uh, that wraps up today's episode. We'll catch you right back here next time. Thank you for listening to the dream architect life podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you wanna be helpful to. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners.